Hello and welcome to the Chameleon Podcast. I actually just got some new microphone equipment, uh, some acoustic foam, and it's pretty cool. I'm not really sure what I'm doing with it. I hope it sounds a little better. I, I pretty much just have it scattered all around me. I have absolutely no idea really what to do with it, but yeah, I hope it sounds better. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about food and diet and a little bit of history, uh, sort of cultural stuff. And I think I've got two great characters here who are gonna have very opposing views and like what people do be eating in different places and stuff like that uh so first off i would like to introduce the two boyos so we've got tony margarita who is a brooklyn-based italian restaurateur turned vegan and gus gustavo francis an English food enthusiast who grew up in uh, a traditional pioneer shop in London's East End. So, Tony and Gus, thank you very much for joining us. Would you like to introduce yourselves and tell us, like, just a little bit about yourself, just like who you are uh, and what your story is? Yeah, hi Niall, my name's uh, Tony Margarita. I am a Brooklyn born and bred. And I am, uh, recently, in the last two years, I have become a vegan. And I'd like to tell you a little bit about how I've transitioned my uh, traditional Italian restaurant uh, two, two generations ago, set up by my grandfather, and uh, how, how I've made uh, veganism more pal- palatable uh, amongst Italian-Americans, because it's not really a big thing with Italian-Americans, and I, I'm trying to bring it back. Uh, thank you very much for having me on, no? Uh, yeah, I'm an English food writer from England, if I didn't mention I'm English. And my name is Gus Francis, and I am looking forward to talking to Tony about his v- vegan food and uh, explain, explain to him a little bit about how we do good eating here in England. And I think I'll be able to change his mind a little bit about his preconceptions about English having bad food, because... In no way do we have bad food. I think our food is delicious. And I think everyone who disagrees with me is wrong. Um, so, Tony. So, I've been living in New York my entire life. And uh, I'm a third generation restaurateur. My family came over from Salerno. And they set up an Italian American restaurant. Ingratiated it. You know, integrated a lot of new foods. And, uh. I, I recently have been I have recently transitioned to be a vegan, which is uh, really frowned upon in the Italian American community. Let me tell you, but with my with my restaurant, I've been experimenting with with new recipes inspired by Italian classics to make delicious vegan Italian food, which, in my opinion, from what I've seen, has never been done before. So I'm proud of myself. I'm hoping it's gonna it's gonna take on and uh I think veganism is truly the way forward, uh, especially, you know, in the Italian-American community, people do not, Italian-Americans are not vegan. Very few of my friends, they laugh at me when I say, you know, I said, I don't have, I don't like pastrami. You know, I don't eat pastrami sandwich. We had, you know, uh, a hilarious, uh, we, we used to go, we used to go and get pastrami sandwiches every Sunday. You know, we would go to church and we would have pastrami sandwiches. And what changed was that I, I didn't like, you know, I, I decided, you know, for ethical concerns, we'll get into that later, but for ethical reasons, I, I decided, you know, it was such a cultural thing to eat meat. And I decided, you know, pastrami, it was delicious, you know, the pastrami sandwich is one of my favorite things. But I have a philosophical dilemma for you. 
So, I am a vegan. I do not eat meat. But if somebody forces me, they tie me to a chair and they say, you're going to eat this pastrami sandwich. You're going to eat this pastrami sandwich whether you like it or not. And I am helpless. And they force it down my throat. They force me to eat this pastrami sandwich. And I am against it. But I still eat the food, you know. Am I still vegan? That's the question I have. Am I still vegan? And you know what the main problem was? <laughs> I pay my wife to do this for me every single night. <laughs> nah, no, nah, but for real, veganism is the way forward. And I would like to draw attention to delicious foods that a lot of people do not know about that come from England and come from Great Britain. We would go to local... Uh, they're called mash, uh, pie, and, pie and mash shops, right? So, eel shops, you would get the most delicious food in these shops. They were locally sourced, absolutely delicious. Now, I've nothing against, I'm not saying anything to Tony about being against veganism. I've got no problem with veganism. Personally, I wouldn't swing at it, hate it, hate the idea of limiting the nutritional uh, things I can put in my body. No offence to you, uh, Tony. But, right. Pie and mash. It is an English classic. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. Sorry, pie, what pie and pie and mash? Can you? What is that? Pie and mash, Tony, is like uh, it's so it's mashed potatoes. It's like parsley sauce and delicious cooked to perfection jelly deals. Excuse me, what jelly? What did you say? Jelly? Jelly? What? What was the jelly? What was the word that came after jelly? Jelly, jellied eels. So, I know, you know, eel, like, you know, like the fish, they're like a little snake in the water, you know, snake, snake fish. Oh, eels. You're talking about eels right now? Yeah, eels. That that sounds, quite frankly, that sounds t totally disgusting. To me, it does. And not just because I'm vegan. Did I mention I'm vegan? Yeah, yeah, you did, yeah. Good. No, seriously, like, let me just explain a little bit about eels, right? So, pie and mash uh, eel shops have been in London since the 19th century, right? And, like, they're still common. They're still pretty common in places like like South London, parts of Kent, Essex. And, like, they are... It's delicious, nutritional English food, right? Like, I'm going to stab you... I'm sorry, I'm Gus. I'm gonna stop you right there. That sounds absolutely terrible. I, I think there's probably more. Uh, there's probably more diversity. There's got to be more diversity in in English cooking than than eels and and friggin' you know uh, potatoes mashed up with with disgusting eels. Like, give me more. What what else you got? Come on. All right. Well, uh, well, you know we do have a little curry. There's, there's a lot of different varieties. Uh, you know. Uh, I mean, there's nothing more English than curry. <laughs> what are you, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Gus, continue. No, 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 seriously, hear me out, Noel, and Tony, all right. So, England, right, we've been everywhere. So, like, we've been all over, you know, Asia, America, India, uh, like, so, especially, like, India, like, so they brought over loads of spices and stuff, and the British soldiers who were stationed over in India, they were like, all right, we really like like curry, and we like you know chicken tikka. We like uh, we we like uh, you know onion bhaji, and we brought those foods back.
back to England and they're everywhere now. There is nothing more English than a curry. And look, we probably do the best curries in the world here in England. And, you know, so essentially England, we go round, we've been everywhere. So we just take the foods that we like and we call them arts. So like we did with most countries in the world too. We just went there and we were like, we call them ours. So this is actually bringing me down an interesting, an interesting uh, vein. I like the idea that, because as an Italian American myself, you know my my food is from my my home country, my my cultural home. For example, food can be originally from somewhere, so it can be like Italian food. But once it goes somewhere else and it's there for a while, and people they change culturally, they change the food which I think is a very important reflection of culture, can change too, right? So, I a very good example of this, right, was in World War II. Very common Italian dish that is not truly Italian because it's got influences from other parts of the world. Pasta alla carbonara, okay, is a dish that it was unrecorded in Italy before World War II. And due to an American influence, right, the, the allies came over, they were like, get out of here, Nazis, or whatever, and they're like, they liberate Rome, okay, in 1944, and a lot of Italians were starving, because they were like, what the hell, there's no food, where can we get some decent takeout around here, and the Americans came, and they were like, here, have some of our rations, and they were like, here's some powdered eggs, and bacon, and, and you know, like, this is, these are not traditional, like, they, these would not be traditionally used in a lot of Italian cooking, you know, powdered eggs, bacon, especially, so, they supplied these, they were supplied by the Allies, and they were like, we're going to use these to make some new tasty, you know, Italian dishes. And then they make, they make delicious pasta alla carbonara, which is, you know, you don't hear about these things, you know? Like pasta carbonara is delicious. And because of cultural influences that were external, we now have new things that are really tasty, you know? And I think that's very important. Yeah, you're saying they're like, you know, like pasta alla carbonara. Carbo, carbohydrate or whatever. But like, that that is interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. So, uh, Tony, I'd actually like to bring it back a little bit and talk about uh, veganism. And, and especially like yourself, maybe, could you tell us a bit about how you became a vegan? Yeah, sure. So like I mentioned earlier, Italian-Americans are, are not, ve you will not meet a, mer a very many older Italian-Americans uh, maybe some of the younger generation might be, you know, more inclined to be vegan with social media influences and stuff like that. No, none of these kids think for themselves anymore. But uh, I personally, I made the decision myself. I was quite happy to change. Yeah, I, I visited a farm. A friend of mine owns a, a pork farm. And, you know, I saw the, the cute little piggies running around. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, they look tasty or whatever. But then he was like, you know, you want to kill one of them. I was like, what? I don't want to. What? No way. He's like, nah, come on, it'll, it'll be fine, you know, come, you can see how we do, you know, we, we slaughter them, it's humane, you know, it's humane. I was like, okay, I mean, I'll come along, and uh, we walk in, and a uh, you know, little farm, and uh, everything's fine, and then we walk into this steel house, and there's all blood everywhere, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, this place reeks, it smells like death, uh, and we go, and he hands me this, like, little gun thing, it's like a little metal gun thing, with a little, like, tube that comes out. And he was like, yeah, you just go up and you just go up to the piggy and you go, bop, bada bing, and, it, and it's dead. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I, like, do I look like I'm in the friggin' mafia, you know? I, I'm like, I'm not gonna do 
this piggy doity like that. I'm not just going to go up and kill this poor animal. And then I decided, you know, but, you know, right away. No more meat for me. Poor little piggy's got to live too. And, you know, there's other ways to make things taste good. So I brought a lot of this back. I, you know, these things, they, I took these things to heart. I took the idea that these animals were had a right to life. And I brought it to heart and I was like, okay. How can I adjust? Because a lot of Italian cooking is based on meat-based stuff. You know, you got ragu, which is a delicious family meal. Most Italians have it on Sunday. You know, it'd be full of meat. Pork, beef. And I was like, I'm going to make this taste good. I'm going to make this taste good without the need for meat. Because we got some delicious, we got some delicious fruit and vegetables at our disposal. So I got things like legumes, covered them with delicious sauce, tomato sauce is the base of a lot of Italian cooking, and it's vegan, uh, you know, so it wasn't that, it wasn't that difficult, I'm not going to give away any of my new recipes, I mean, Tonio Margarita's uh, restaurant is doing well right now, because there's a lot of hipster kids living in New York that want to eat delicious Italian food, and it's unique right now, you know, so I'm, I'm very happy with that, you would start, like, try to attract sort of like a hipstery sort of like you try and attract like you try and attract like hipsters to come in and eat your vegan Italian cooking. Is that it? Uh, Tony. Yeah, you know these kids they love anything with the word you tack vegan on. I could I could you know buy some avocado, mash it up, put it on a slice of cardboard, and charge twenty five dollars, and these kids would eat it up. It's absolutely fantastic. It's it's revolutionized my business. My, my my operation costs have gone down so much. Meat is expensive, right? So I I have just changed my entire ingredient list to completely get rid of all animal meat-based products, all animal like milk, cheese. These are all expensive items. So I just buy the cheapest vegetables and make it delicious with home cooking. It's not so difficult. It really isn't. And it's also extremely profitable. Did I mention that I'm vegan? Yeah, you, you did, yeah. Good.